Good morning, and peace be with you. Isn't it nice to have Nick back? <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Well, it's a brief announcements. Uh, I just wanted to uh, bring to your attention uh, uh, the prayer list and today's prayer specifically. Um, we have many uh, of us uh, in this congregation or in our families that are uh, really needing intercessory prayer, God's help, God's comfort, God's peace. And today's uh, uh, scripture sets us up to um, do just that. It, it, uh, Jesus teaches the church the perfect prayer that he gave to us, our, our, the Lord's Prayer. So um, it's very apropos. And um, we have a Father in heaven that actually invites us to crawl up into his lap and to tell him what we need boldly, like any good father would want to hear from their child. So I want you to keep that in mind throughout the service today. I pray that uh, it will be a blessing to you and it'll be pleasing to our Lord. I'll look, have you look at the bulletin at your leisure, the, uh, something here that is very near and dear to all of us, and that is um, the missions uh, for this month. Our uh, proceeds are going to um, help Pastor Gallagher's wife, Alice, who suffers from uh, a uh, form of well, epilepsy and has uh, all of her life. And it's an effort to get this dog that can be trained to sense uh, her about to have a seizure before she has one. And so if you are, um, feel led, uh, won't you please consider making a donation? And all of that will go directly to the, um, the people that uh, train these dogs, and Alice will get, will get her dog. So um, with that, we'll get... Oh, yes. Okay, so um, if you do... Um, donate towards that. Please mark the mission uh, for the month or for Pastor Gallagher's wife or for something so that we know how to earmark that for you and for your account and for especially uh, the effort for Alice. Um, if you would like an envelope, there are envelopes in the back. Um, you know, I, I don't know if Randy, can you hear me out there with the speakers, Randy? Yes, he can. Um, he's got some envelopes, so maybe he'll like look around and if you want an envelope, wave to him and go, give me a, give me a, an envelope, Randy. Not during the sermon, maybe, but, um, but you know, when we're sharing, when we're sharing the peace or something, okay, you can do it. You can do that. Paula. to the place. Okay, well, um, talk to me afterwards. I, I don't know exactly how to answer that question, but we'll, we'll dig into that. And Yeah, so we'll, we'll make sure that it's, it goes to the right place. Okay, um, anyone else? Most definitely. You, for those of you, yeah, Bev and Steve's granddaughter Carissa uh, and a friend were in a horrible accident on the PCH at Bolsa Chica, uh, entrance to the State Beach. 
somebody hit the girl's uh, car from behind. Uh, it, it was uh, reported that he's probably, or the person was probably traveling at a rate of a, around 100 miles an hour. Um, this was one of those little skyons, right? And was it the square one that looked kind of like a toaster? And so by the grace of God, and that was the first thing, and every time I talk to Steve and you talk to him, he points to Jesus, he points to God on this, because she and her friend, Carissa was out that night, right, with a, the next morning with a kind of a scratch and probably sore, and then the friend had to stay a, a, a whole day uh, with a liver or a bruise or something on her kidney. So these girls, uh, you know, the, the, the car that they were in flipped forward four times over and over and. And um, these are the things that, yeah. So it's just, you know, so Steve, if, if you heard, Steve's saying thank you for your prayers and, and continue to pray for uh, that family and, and, and also for the person that for however they did what they did, you know, this world needs to be soaked in prayer. And, um, but that was a, a wonderful blessing, um, and we were glad to see God's fingerprints all over that. And uh, may that always be something that we reflect on as, as we have the luxury of looking back in our lives, the, the hindsight being 2020. May we be given eyes to see exactly that God was involved and even uh, amidst the trouble and the sorrowful times, in the joyful ones, of course, but uh, during those tough times as well. Amen? Amen. Okay. Thanks, Nick. We'll get started. Will you please stand if you're able? We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us. 
and so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins and as you're called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Worthy is Christ, the Lamb who was slain. Alleluia. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, let your merciful ears be attentive to our prayers, the prayers of your servants. And by your word and spirit, teach us how to pray, that our petitions may be pleasing before you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning and peace be with you. We're going to begin with Genesis, the beginning of the book. On chapter 18, verse 17 through 33. So it's found on the Pew Bible, at least on page 25. Here Abraham uh, sees how much uh, God was a friend to him as he gave Abraham the opportunity 
to speak to God's court and to intercede for the righteous in Sodom and Gomorrah. Then the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about Abraham what he has promised him. Then the Lord said, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin is so grievous that I will go down and see what they have done if the, what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away and went toward Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. And Abraham approached him and said, you, will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you, will not the judge of all the earth do right? The Lord said, if I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke up again. Now that I have been, now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous is five less than 50? Would you, will you destroy the whole city for the lack of five people? If I find 45 there, he said, I will not destroy it. Once again, he spoke to him. What if only 40 are found there? He said, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. And he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only 30 can be found there? He answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. Abraham said, now I've been so bold as to speak to the Lord. What if only 20 can be found there? He said, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. And he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only 10, 10 can be found there? He answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left and Abraham returned home. Join me responsibly on Psalm 138 printed in your bulletin. It's a, 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 a song that uh, David, uh, and a praise song that David had come up with. Uh, thanking the Lord for his saving him. Verse one, I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart before the gods. I will sing your praise. 
I will bow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name for your unfailing love and your faithfulness. For you have so exalted your solemn decree that it surpasses your fame. When I called, you answered me. You greatly emboldened me. May all the kings of the earth praise you, Lord, when they hear what you have decreed. May they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. The Lord is exalted. He looks kindly on the lowly. Though lofty, he sees them from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. Lord will vindicate me. Your Lord, Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hand. Next reading is taken from the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verse 6 through 19, found in your Pew Bibles, if you would like to follow along on page 1833. Live your lives is what this one's about, as far as I can tell. My reading uh, it hits me. It's that, those words in this first verse that I'm reading. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in boldly bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self ruled by flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. Having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave all our sins. Having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and the authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or Sabbath day 
These are a shadow of things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you. Such a person also goes into great detail about what they have seen. They are puffed up with idle notions by their unspiritual mind. They have lost connection with the head from whom the whole body, supported and held together by its ligament and sinews, grows as God causes it to grow. Here ends the reading. This is the eternal word of the Lord. of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke from the 11th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this morning does indeed come from St. Luke chapter 11, 1 through 13. It can be found on page 1613 of your Pew Bible. Today I'm going to read uh, a different version that is in the Pew Bible. Our Pew Bibles are the NIV. I'm going to read from the ESV. It's titled The Lord's Prayer, beginning at chapter, or verse 11. Excuse me, I, I did mess this up, didn't I? No, I didn't. Okay. Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say this, Father, hallowed be be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut. My children are with me in bed. I cannot get up give and give you anything. And I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. 
and to the one who knocks it will be opened. And what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, who will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. The theme for today, as I mentioned earlier, is prayer. And in the Old Testament reading, we heard how Abraham prayed for the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah. And in the gospel, we heard of Jesus teaching the disciples to pray and then giving them a parable that teaches us to pray boldly, boldly. My mom had a word for being bold. Sometimes she called me brassy. Did anyone ever get called brassy or you heard that? It wasn't a compliment, I don't think, but it was an observation, brassy. In the Old Testament account, we see a fascinating balance between respect and boldness. You see, Abraham prayed with tenacity, and he worked his way from 50 people down to 10. And Abraham was very bold, and yet at the same time, he was full of respect. In the end, it seemed as though it was not enough, because when we read about Sodom and Gomorrah, we learn that there were not even ten righteous people in the city, not even ten. And God still destroyed them. It seemed as though God did not answer Abraham's prayer. Even so, there was a way in which Abraham's prayer was so very successful. You see, Abraham was really praying for the life of his nephew Lot. He had made the really bad life choice, that is Lot, and his life choice to move and settle in Sodom. The truth about that is that his choice put him and his family in the direct line of fire of God. And then we learn that angels came to Lot and, and they evacuated him and his family before the cities were destroyed. However, the cities were destroyed. Lot was safe, but the cities were destroyed. Abraham's prayer was answered, but just not in the way that he expected. 
In today's gospel, we learn how Jesus gave the Lord's Prayer to the church. The wording is a little different from what we call the Lord's Prayer simply because we use a version found in the King James translation of the gospel according to Matthew. And then the gospel for today is that I read was from the English Standard Version, and it's the gospel according to Luke. Today's gospel includes a fascinating parable that comes along with the Lord's Prayer. Uh, let's take a moment, if we can, to think about how absolutely counter our culture this story is, the, the neighbor. A lot of people don't even know their neighbor, so even that makes it even stranger. Jesus asks us, he asks you and me, to imagine that a traveler has come to our house and we have no refreshments. And so we try to borrow some refreshments from our neighbor in the middle of the night. And he asks us to imagine that we make an absolute pest out of ourselves until the neighbor gives us something just to make us go away. Can you imagine that? Who in their right mind would do such a thing? Yet Jesus himself invites us to pray in just this way. God really wants to hear what is on our minds. God is eager for us to pray with boldness. And so we pray the Lord's Prayer so often that we don't really notice how incredibly bold it is. And our Lord Jesus Christ has given us a prayer that has seven petitions in it. Seven petitions. And each of these petitions uses a it uses an imperative verb, an imperative verb. Now, for those of you who have tried or have been successful in forgetting your grammar as soon as you left school, uh, an imperative verb has, has the form of a command. Okay? It's a command. So listen to these petitions. Pay attention to the form of each petition. They each take a form of a command. Let's really listen to how bold they are and exactly who's giving the command to whom. Hallowed be thy name. This, this petition has a two-letter verb, be. And be is in the form of a command. Thy kingdom come. Again, Come is an imperative verb. It's a command. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Be done is an imperative, a command. Give us this day our daily bread. Give is a command. It's an imperative. Forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Once again, the verb forgive is an imperative. It is a command. Lead us, not into temptation. The verb lead is imperative. 
Deliver us from evil. And once again, the verb deliver is an imperative. And every one of the seven petitions uses a verb that is an imperative. That is a verb, again, that expresses a command. It's pretty brassy, pretty bold, and Jesus is telling us this. So what kind of boldness does it take to talk to the ruler of this and every universe and use imperatives? We would never think to talk to God this way if Jesus had not taught us to do it exactly this way. And how is it that we can come before God? How is it that we, his creatures, can come before God with such boldness? And we begin to see the answer to that question in the way Jesus begins the prayer. He begins the prayer with, Our Father, who art in heaven. In the introduction to the gospel according to John, John teaches us that Jesus is with God and is God and is the light of the world. And within that description are these words, John 1, verses 11 through 13. He says this, he records this, He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of will, or of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And with these words, John is telling us that one of the things that we will learn in this account of the gospel is how God works the miracle, the miracle of converting his enemies into his children. When we learn how enemies of God become children of God, we also learn how the tiny little organisms, you and me, who live on a dusk, dust speck, the earth, how we can talk to the ruler of the universe using imperative verbs. We're his children, and we've been given that right to be called it by what his son accomplished on the cross for you and for me. We are his kids. Now, the difference is found in Jesus Christ, the one who teaches us to pray also makes it possible for us to pray. The one who teaches us to pray is the one who set his face to go to Jerusalem. Why? He set his face to go to Jerusalem in order to tear down the wall of sin that makes us enemies of God. He tore down that wall by offering himself. He offered himself as a sacrifice to make the payment for what our sin requires. And Jesus allowed his enemies to nail him to a cross so that he could offer those same enemies a place in his family. He said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. 
as they nailed him to the cross. And with his suffering and death on the cross, he makes us his brothers and children of our heavenly Father. This is a certainty because Jesus did not remain in the grave after he died, but he rose again from the dead and has ascended to rule at the right hand of the Father. We know this to be true. And in his explanation from Luther, Luther's small catechism, he gives us some of the most beautiful words, and that is this, Our Father who art in heaven, the explanation asks, what does this mean? Our Father who art in heaven, what does this mean? And the explanation is this, by these words, God would tenderly encourage us to believe that he is our true father and that we are his true children so that we may ask him confidently with all assurance as dear children ask their dear father. By the suffering and the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we are God's children. We have the right to enter the throne room of the universe, God's throne room. And we have the right to crawl up on God's lap and to talk to him using imperative verbs. We can pour our hearts out to him about anything. We poor sinners. We can approach God boldly for the sake of Jesus Christ. And we can be brassy. And we can be stubborn. And we can be persistent. Because after all, Jesus himself teaches us to pray that way in today's gospel. Now the closing verses teach us that God always answers our prayers in the way that is best for us. God is the giver of good gifts, and he will not give us a serpent if we ask for a fish, and he will not give us a scorpion if we ask for an egg. It is God's will for his redeemed children to pray boldly. It is also his will to answer boldly. And there will be times when, for our own good, God will answer our prayer in an unexpected way. And we can see that in today's Old Testament reading. Abraham only asked God to spare Sodom if there were ten or more righteous people in the city. And strictly speaking, strictly speaking, if you just go word for word, Abraham's prayer said nothing. Absolutely nothing about rescuing uh, Lot if God did not find ten righteous in Sodom. Abraham's prayer, strictly speaking, would not have allowed Lot to die in the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. God's answered Abraham's prayer with boldness. He went beyond Abraham's prayer, and he did indeed rescue Lot. God always boldly answers our prayers with what is best for us. One more time, God always boldly answers our prayers with what is best for us. 
And sometimes the things that are best for us are things that we will not understand on this side of glory. Such things may uncomfortably stretch our faith. Some things may cause our faith to grow. And such things may involve pain. And some things may involve sorrow. Despite all that, we can know that God gives us the things that are best for us. After all, we know that God loved us enough to sacrifice his only begotten son for us. And he will not always, well, (laughs) he will always give us the things that are best for us. Amen? Jesus invites us to pray boldly to God as, as children pray to their Father. And He can extend this invitation to us because He shed His blood to break down the wall of sin that stood between us and God. He He can do that. Only he can do that. And Jesus offers to make us children of God. And the Holy Spirit gives us faith that takes Jesus up on that offer. It is by faith that we are saved. And through the Holy Spirit's gift of faith, we are the children of God, the heirs of the kingdom. We are the king's kids. And he gives us the right to pray boldly to God. We close our prayers. We close our prayers with the word amen. Kind of a funny word. Martin Luther explains the word amen this way. Amen. What does it mean? I should be certain that these petitions are acceptable to our Father in heaven and are heard by him. For he himself has commanded us to pray this way and has promised that he will hear us. Amen? Amen. That is to say, yes, yes, it shall be so. Jesus teaches us to pray. And the throne room of heaven lies open before us. And God, our Father who art in heaven, is ready to listen to whatever we have to tell him. And the privilege of prayer is there for all who believe. It is one of the many gifts that God gives to us with his presence here in time and forever in eternity. It is in the name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. Let us now confess together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed found on page 3 of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. 
and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people in accordance to their needs. Heavenly Father, your Son has taught us to pray that your name would be hallowed and that your kingdom come. And for all our needs of body and soul, grant us trusting hearts that turn to you in all joy and sorrow, finding in your fatherly goodness and will all that we ask, all that we seek, all that we need, or all that we desire. Lord, in your mercy, gracious Lord, your righteous Son intercedes on behalf of sinners before your throne. When the outcry of our sin troubles us, grant faithful pastors to speak your word of warning and of comfort, that we may be drawn in repentance to his cross and seek shelter in his mercy, and so escape destruction. Lord, in your mercy, Almighty Father, you have given all rule and authority to Jesus Christ our Lord. May our homes be permeated by your word, that all families may dwell in the light of your Son. Grant your Holy Spirit to husbands and wives, parents and children, young and old, and all who live alone. That, they, that we may not be taken captive by the spirit of the world, but rather built up into him who is the head. Lord, in your mercy. Lord of hosts, you judge the sinful deeds of man in righteousness. Grant us civil leaders who serve in accordance with your will, condemning what is evil and approving what is good. May all nations be brought to see the wisdom and glory of your Son and dwell together in peace and humility. Lord, in your mercy. Merciful Father, you give good gifts to your children. Grant your Holy Spirit to all who seek you and are baptized, all who pray in your Son's name and all those who suffer in body, mind, and soul, that confident in your mercy they may look to you for comfort and peace in their afflictions. Grant them healing according to your will and patience to bear their crosses. Father, we lift up by name DeForest and family. Peg, we lift up Hank,
Doris, we lift up Valerie, Randy, Allison, Chuck, Patrick, Jeanette, Diane, Joe, Tim, Dawn, Valerie, Christina, Neil, Sandy, Carissa, Steve and Bev, the family of the Keene family, Nancy and Wendy Vogelsang, Ron and LaVon, the Reamer family, Jerry Buchanan and family, Carol, Laurel, Elaine, Maria, Ken, Jane, Paula, the Christensen family, Miss Alberta, Jackie, Valerie and Tim, Ron, Helen, Jan, Iris, the Levine family, the Beck family, the Asmussen family, Mama Chow, Noni, Diane, Luann, and Crystal, and also Kathy, and many, many others that have been named out loud or are silent in our hearts right now. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, you have planted us in Christ by your word and spirit through the waters of holy baptism. May those who partake in his body and blood this day be firmly rooted and built up in your Son, that established in the faith we may walk in him and abound in thanksgiving. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing and look to you as the giver of all good gifts. Make us ever eager to come to you in prayer and thanksgiving as your Son has taught us. By your Holy Spirit, bring us to behold in Christ the fulfillment of those things for which we pray. Your holy name, your coming kingdom, daily bread, forgiveness, shelter in temptation, and deliverance from evil. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now, may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us share the peace. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness, you have blessed us with these gifts. With them, we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made for the sake of him who gave himself for us. Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times 
and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection he opened to us the way of everlasting life. And so, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And then he broke it, giving it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks, and then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we are reminded by the words of Paul that as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming again. Let us now pray together the perfect prayer that Jesus taught to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. What joy it is to know that we have a Father that in heaven that is absolutely crazy about you. Amen? Amen and amen. He loves you so much, and He always gives what is best for us. Not necessarily what we want, but what good parent would do that? Right? He knows best, and what He's about to give to you right now through His servants, through your called and ordained servant of Christ... What he's about to give to you is the best. That is the true body and the true blood of his son. A means of grace that rescues you from sin, death, and the devil that secures salvation for you. That's pretty neat. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Daddy, for this gift. And all it takes is faith. All it takes is you confessing with your lips that Lord, that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. It takes your baptism that you were sealed by the Spirit, marked by the cross, where word and water clothed you in Christ. If your confession is what we just described and what you just confessed to, then come. The table is prepared.
intercedes for us, our, our Savior, our Lord and Savior. He intercedes for us. He taught us to pray. He gave us the right to be called children of God. We receive all these good gifts because of what He did for us. Because He so loved the world that He gave His only Son. Now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you His perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.